Hello, people of the way. Blessings in Jesus. If you have your Bible, please open up to Joshua chapter 19. Joshua chapter 19. We continue our study through the Old Testament. Now, there are some times in our studies or in your readings too where passages of Scripture will seem somewhat uneventful, so to speak. And I'm doing my air quotes when I say uneventful. To give you an example, say, for example, there is a guy and a gal best of friends and they're walking down the sidewalk and they go into a coffee shop they come out of the coffee shop they got their coffees they sit on a bench and they're laughing they're talking they're having the most beautiful fellowship they're sipping their coffee and they're just having the best of times now it seems uneventful. Now, if, 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 if we were to observe that, it'd be like, okay, they walk down the street, they get their coffee, they sit on a park bench. It's like, okay, no big deal, uneventful. But what if, what if they passed a crack dealer and the lady is a former crackhead? And then they passed a, a, a liquor store and the guy's a former alcoholic. And before they couldn't pass up, like say like three years prior, they couldn't pass up an encounter with the pusher or with the liquor store. They had to partake of those products. Now, that what was what seemed to be uneventful, it's a huge deal. I mean, before knowing that the lady's a former crackhead, the guy's former alcoholic, before knowing that, we just figure, okay, no big deal. They're they walking down the sidewalk, they get their coffee, they're sitting on a on, on, on the bench, and they're having beautiful fellowship. No big deal, you know, uneventful, nothing fancy. But when you understand the backdrop of, you know, in this example, that, you know, the, the lady's a former crackhead, the guy's a former alcoholic, and they passed by those pushers or the source of those former strongholds, now you realize, like, oh my goodness, it's a big deal that the lady walked right by the drug pusher. She had opportunity to make a purchase, but she... She said, no, she's different. She doesn't, she doesn't want that anymore. She's, she's, she's not a slave to the product anymore. She's free. Those, those chains have been broken in her. She's victorious in Christ because of the work that Christ has done in her. Same with the guy. Before we just figured, well, you know, they're just sitting on a park, sitting on the bench, you know, having the, uh, some sharing and some laughs and some good conversation, beautiful conversation. They're walking with the Lord. It's just a moment of fellowship. They're drinking their coffee and, and laughing. Everything's beautiful. No big deal. Uneventful. But for the guy to walk right by that liquor store when before he would run in there, buy his vodka, buy his gin, buy whatever and, you know, and go and pass out on, you know, a different bench, go and pass out wherever, you know, on the street and the sidewalk and an alleyway, whatever. Now we realize like, wow, we thought this was uneventful. That We thought that this, they were just, you know, they're just sitting down drinking their coffee and no big deal, uneventful. But when you understand the backdrop of the lady now has victory in Christ, the guy has victory in Christ, and those former strongholds of the crack and alcohol, they're like no big deals now. They're, they're nothing. 
They're nothing because they are new creations in Christ. They used to be a big deal. They used to be idols to them. They used to be their God to them, lowercase g. They used to be, you know, they would like run, jump at the opportunity to, to partake of those products, be it, you know, crack, uh, uh, meth, uh, 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 gin, vodka, whiskey, whatever it is. That used to be like, you know, major strongholds in their lives. You see? And so like in this example, we just figure, okay, no big deal. It's, it's uneventful. And that's what I love so much about passages such as Joshua 19, because it seems, okay, you know, it's uneventful, you know, nothing fancy. I mean, like there's times when we're studying the word of God and there's chapters where it's just like loaded with like, there's like, you know, fights and battles and, you know, swords and javelins and like the Lord is making himself known. And it's like, oh my goodness, this was like a huge like th- like this is a major major chapter and in and, and sometimes it's a series of chapters where it's like chapter boom and then the next chapter it's like boom and then the next chapter it's boom and the next chapter it's boom and it's like oh my goodness there's all this action there's all this you know action and reaction there's death and destruction there's victory and it's just like whoa like action packed and then we get to like Joshua 19 and it's like okay you know No big deal. I'm doing my air quotes. No big deal. But when you see in a different perspective, it's a huge deal. It's no small thing. When you see from a different vantage point and a different perspective, much like that bench where, you know, the guy and the gal, they're having their coffee, they're laughing and you just figure, okay, you know, there's, you know, uneventful. There's no action, you know. The guy's not, you know, you know, busting out his sword and, you know, like, you know, going to fight and the lady's not like, you know, you know, jumping on people and beating them up and all this. Like, okay, there's no action. There's no like, you know, cars skidding. There's no like, you know, high speed chase. It's like, okay, it's uneventful. Just, you know, a simple day and there's no action. But then when you see from a different vantage point, the very fact that she has victory in Christ, that he has victory in Christ. Now you realize and you see like it's a huge deal that she was able to walk by the pusher, the source of the meth and the crack and the, you know, whatever drug it is. And then the very fact that the guy, he has victory in Christ and he walks by the liquor store where before they would jump at the opportunities and they walk into the coffee store, get their get their lattes, get their mochas, and then all of a sudden they're sitting on a park bench and they're just they're just talking, guy and gal, best of friends. You see, and it's nice, beautiful fellowship. There's victory in Christ. Now you look at it from one perspective, it's like wow, it's uneventful, you know, nothing fancy. Then you know they're just walking on the sidewalk and get their coffee, sit on a park bench. Okay, no big deal. But when you understand the backdrop. And the history of their prior defeats and their prior battles and being victorious in Christ and walking in victory. The very fact that they were able to get to that park bench in an uneventful manner. That's a big deal. That's hardcore. You see? Because 
fighting the good fight in faith and fighting, you know, not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, the very fact that these sources of a fall are no longer an issue for them because they're victorious in Christ. You see, and that's what we see in Joshua 19. It's like, well, it's, I'm doing my air quotes. It's uneventful, but you see, it's loaded. Because the very fact that we're here in Joshua 19, now there's several tribes, you know, we're, we're not done with all the tribes. There's more tribes that need to, that, that are going to get their inheritance and we're not done with all the tribes. And so you read passages like this and not just here, but you're going to see it all over the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. Less in the New Testament, you're going to see it more in the Old Testament. Where it seems like, okay, it's uneventful, you know, or if you're studying the Bible and you're reading the Bible, you're like, okay, you know, Joshua 19, you know, I got my chapter in. But when you understand the backdrop, the backdrop of just getting here, it's deeper. The You have depth in understanding. Without the depth of understanding, you know, these things can be missed. This understanding can be missed, not fully understood. But when you fully understand it, it's, it's, it's shocking in a good way, not shocking in a bad way, but shocking in a good way because you can see the hand of God with eyes to see, eyes of faith, according to the spirit, not according to the flesh, according to the flesh, you know, just like, just like the guy in the gal on the, on, on the bench, eyes of the flesh, you're just like, okay, no big deal, uneventful, it's not an, not an action scene, there's no like, you know, a high-speed chase, the cops chasing this, you know, there's, there's no high-speed chase, a car comes, you know, crashing into the building, explosion, this, and, eh, no, it's just, you know, you hear the birds chirping, you know, they're, having their coffee, sharing in some laughs, good, beautiful fellowship, the best of friends. But with eyes to see, not according to the flesh, according to the spirit, we realize this is a humongous deal. This is a big deal because we understand the backdrop of where, you know, the lady used to be strung out in the street alley. The guy used to be strung out in the street alley. And now they're no longer in the alley because they have victory in Christ Jesus and they're walking not according to the flesh. They're walking according to the, to the spirit with eyes to see. And you and me with eyes to see, we realize like, oh my goodness, this is a major, major, major deal. It's a big deal. And that's what we see in Joshua 19. I mean, it, it, the early chapters, you know, when the, the war footing of Israel, it's like, you know, action packed, you know, fighting here, fighting there and boom, you know, go to one city and fighting over the next town and fighting and, you know, war and this. And it's like, whoa, it, 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 it's like action packed. And sometimes it's like chapter and then upon chapter upon chapter, it's just like straight up action packed. But then you get to passages like this, and it's not just Joshua 19. We're going to see this in other passages in our studies, mostly in the Old Testament. You see these in the Old Testament. I mean, you see them in the New Testament too, but you see them more profound in the Old Testament. But the fact of the matter is that it's 
not a small thing when you get to these air quotes uneventful chapters or uneventful books even because they're huge deals it is no small thing it's a big deal to get here to joshua remember we're in the promised land now. We're, 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 if you've been walking with us for a while, remember the promises unto Abraham, uh, the, the promises unto uh, 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 Moses, promises unto Israel, promises unto tribes. And, you know, 200 years prior, 100 years prior, these are promises that would have to be accepted by faith. By faith to understand, well, you know, the Lord says that, you know, there's a land of milk and honey. And, you know, by faith, we accept that there's a land of milk and honey. And here we are in Joshua 19 and boom, we're in the land of milk and honey. You see, no more faith required because boom, we're inside the, the promised land. But now there's the giving out of the, the inheritance. You see, it's a big deal just to get to this point. It's a big deal. It's loaded. And so, like, if you're listening for the first time and you're in Joshua 19, don't feel discouraged. Like, oh, man, you know, I missed all the I missed all the big deal. What's so beautiful is that we have archives. Go back and listen to our study. You listen to, you know, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy and get caught up in Joshua. And then you'll realize, like, oh, my goodness, this guy is right because this is a big deal. Not that, you know, not that, you know, this guy has to be right. But, you know, the word of God teaches us and shows us. And then you realize, like, you know, when I say it's no small thing, you realize, like, wow, this really is no small thing. It's a big deal. And so we we have these air quotes, quote, unquote, uneventful passages. But don't see them as uneventful. It's a big deal. And the same thing goes as, as we study the word of God. The same thing applies to us, to you and to me. Where, you know, don't see your life as uneventful. Because the Lord is at work. The Lord is doing things. You know, there was one time I was talking to a guy. A brother in the Lord. And he was kind of bummed out. He was like, man, you know, I, I don't I, I don't have like, you know, the, you know, I don't have like the, the crack in my past. I don't have the sex and the drugs and the violence and the... I don't have this in my past. And he was kind of bummed out because he's like, you know, it's, you know, I have like a boring life and I can't relate to, you know, the crackheads. I can't relate to the, the cholos. I can't relate to the, the gangsters. I can't relate to, you know, the, 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 these, the violent people, the alcoholics, the, the prostitutes, the sex people. I can't relate to them. And this guy, he was kind of bummed out. And then, you know, we had a heart to heart. It's like, listen, brother, that's the most beautiful life there is in Christ because you don't have this baggage of what these things bring. You don't have this baggage. You don't have, you don't have a backdrop of sin and carnality. I mean, there's always going to be that, you know, sin and carnality, but I mean, it's, you know, it's not like you have the backdrop of, oh man, you know, you know, like I I, I was swimming in my own vomit, you know, or I, I was, you know, doing, you know, woke up on a, in an alley and had no idea where I was. And so this guy was, he was really, really bummed out. It's like, listen, brother, that's a beautiful life. That's a beautiful testimony and a beautiful witness, not just of what the Lord can do, but what the Lord has done. 
And not just it for you in your generation, but what about the prior generation in your parents? Where mom and dad, you know, praise the Lord, you know, they're old, they're still married. And praise the Lord, they trained you well, they equipped you, they taught you. And praise the Lord that you don't have that baggage. You see? And so sometimes, you know, Christians, we get into this mindset of like, oh man, you know, this is such a bummer because I don't have this in my life. But no, flip the coin. There's two sides to every coin. Flip it. Rejoice. Praise the Lord that you don't have that baggage. You see? And so just as we see these uneventful, seemingly uneventful, I'm doing my air quotes, and just as we have these in our studies in the Word of God, just like, you know, Joshua 19, seemingly uneventful, but it's no small thing. It's a very big deal. The fact that we're here in Joshua 19, in the promised land, we don't have to accept the promised land by faith because, boom, we are in the promised land. It's the divvying out of the inheritance in the promised land. But it's no small thing. And in the same manner, you know, if you're like, you know, a teenager or an adult and even, you know, even a kid, you know, even younger than teenager. And you're like, oh, man, you know, I can't relate to this. I can't relate to that. And you're bummed out. No, rejoice. Praise the Lord, because you don't have that backdrop of, uh, you know, you know, certain levels of the carnal nature. You see, you don't have these, you know, the, the baggage that comes with it. You see, and rejoice, rejoice in the Lord and rejoice that, you know, your parents, they raised you well, they trained you well and protected you and shielded you from those affects of the world. You see, the affects of the sin nature and the carnal nature. And when you go back to generations, you can see like, wow, you know, my dad lived a quote unquote uneventful life. My mom lived a quote unquote uneventful life. And then you go back even further and it's like, man, but my great grandfather, my great grandmother, they were, you know, like, you know, they were robbing banks, you know, they were, you know, getting drunk every night and all these things. And but then they accepted Jesus Christ and that stronghold of the flesh and the sin nature and the carnal nature, that stronghold ended right there. I mean, you know, when I say ended, we all have our, you know, there's still a carnal nature, but, you know, that those strongholds of alcohol and, you know, drugs and, you know, robbing banks and all these things, that's in the history book. Now, great grandma, great grandfather, you know, they have that baggage, but in being victorious in Christ, you know, they had babies and they raised their babies. And so their kids didn't experience that. They didn't have that backdrop. And so they grew up in the Lord. They had their, you know, uh, they grew up in the Lord. They got married, you know, and you know, they had their kids and, you know, the, 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 they didn't have baggage for their kids. And so here you are. That's your generation. You see, and so sometimes, you know, in talking with other Christians, you know, sometimes, you know, in this, this guy that I was speaking to, you know, he was really bummed out. And so we had this conversation. He's like, oh, yeah. That's right, you know, you know, praise the Lord because we can rejoice in all things, rejoice. And sometimes, you know, see, Satan is very crafty. He knows how to discourage people. And so saints get discouraged just like the guy who was bummed out because he can't, he doesn't have this experience in the world. 
And Satan, you know, he, he you know, like he whispers in, in, in the ears of the saints, twisting scripture. Oh, you know, wouldn't it be nice if you were able to relate to the crackhead? Wouldn't it be nice if you were able to relate to the sex head? And so in order to do that, you can partake in these things. You see how that wicked whisper is? But to flip the coin and say, hey, get behind me, Satan. You know, I rebuke you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so all of a sudden, the saint can rejoice in the Lord. And, you know, in in another situation where if a person is has in their history this backdrop of violence and sex and drugs and all these things, but all of a sudden is victorious in Christ, they become believers. Now, don't be discouraged at what you have done because... We're new creations in Christ. All things are made new. You see? And you can be encouraged in pouring into the next generation where that stops with you. The sex, the drugs, the alcohol, the carnal nature, those levels of the carnal nature, the violence and all those things, boom, that's over and done with in you. And so your kids, they don't have to experience that. Your grandkids, they don't have to experience that. Your great-grandkids, they don't have to experience that. Why? Because it ends right there with you. Over. You see? Kill it. Just like, you know, kill the Amalekites. People look at it in a carnal perspective like, wow, that's mean. Kill the Amalekites. That's, that's very mean. But when the Amalekites represent a type of sin and carnal nature, it's like, boom, kill it. Kill it. You see? And praise be to the Lord. These are no small things. These are big deals. And so we start here in Joshua 19, verse 1. The second lot came out for Simeon. For the tribe of the children of Simeon, according to their families, and their inheritance was within the inheritance of the children of Judah. They had in their inheritance Beersheba, Sheba, Molada, Hazar, Shual, Bala, Ezem, El Tolad, Beth Ul, Horma, Ziklag, Beth Markaboth, Hazar, Susa, Beth Labaoth, and Sharuhen, 13 cities and their villages, Ain, Ramon, Ether, and Ashan, four cities and their villages, and all the villages that were all around these cities, as far as Be'alath, Be'er, Ramah of the south, this was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Simeon, according to their families. Now, if you're listening for the first time, you're like, what in the world are these cities and why is this guy talking like that? Well, several things. When I stand before the Lord and I will be held to account, a stricter account, I have, I have to teach the word of God. And I'm going to stand before the Lord and in my conscience today to be able to have in my conscience the knowledge of knowing that I've given the full counsel of the word of God. You know, there's like, you know, like in, in verse three, Hazar, Shual, Bala, Ezem. It's like, okay, from a doctrinal perspective, from, from an edification standpoint, it's like, you know, we could look at this like, okay, it's no big deal. Verse three, Hazar, Shual, Bala, Ezem. Okay, it's like, okay, no big deal. 
But from an obedience perspective, it's a huge deal. From my perspective, you know, if, if I can be open and honest with you, from my perspective, it's a very big deal. Because I'm going to stand before the Lord one day. And when I stand before the Lord one day giving an account to be able to say like, you know, Lord, even, even Joshua 19 verse 3, Hazal Shual Bala Ezem, that was given. You see? And so sometimes you hear like teachers and pastors, you know, they'll like, they'll like skip certain chapters and certain verses. They'll be like, well, you know, verse one, the second lot came out for Simeon. And then, uh, there's a bunch of cities and names that I can't pronounce. I can't understand. So look in verse nine, the inheritance came to Simeon. It was included in the end of verse nine. The children of Simeon had their inheritance within the inheritance of that people. And then they get into Zebulun and it's like, okay, a bunch of cities that I can't pronounce, a bunch of names that I can't pronounce. So we're going to skip it and we're going to, you know, I don't do that. I don't do that. I I can't pronounce. I mean, if, if you're Jewish and you have, you know, like, you know, you, you don't speak English or, you, you know, you speak English and, you know, you also speak, you know, Hebrew and, you know, you're going to, you're going to be like, wow, this guy's butcher. Verse three. Hazal Shual Bala Ezem. Wow, this guy's butchering that. You know, that's not that's not even how it's pronounced. I, I I do my best in pronouncing, but you might even say this guy's pronouncing it. He's he, he's you know that, that's not even how it's pronounced. But I do my best in pronouncing it. But I don't want to skip. I don't want to gloss over anything, and I, I can't in my conscience before the Lord. I can't. So if you're listening for the first time, and you you might say like, okay, this is. You know, Joshua 19, it's uneventful. It's just a bunch of cities that I, I can't pronounce. And this guy I'm listening to, he can't pronounce them either. And I don't know what this is and this and that. And it's like, okay, well, hold on a second. If that's you and you're a new listener, you know, welcome. You know, praise be to the Lord that you're listening. But understand, this is a huge deal. It's just like just like the guy and the gal, they're sitting on the bench. And it's like, it's like okay, well, it's no big deal. They... they they got their coffee, they went inside the store, got their coffee, they came out, and now they're sitting on the bench, they're sipping, they're laughing, you know, they they even stop and they pray, you know, I see them, you know, they close their eyes and they bow their head and they pray, and, and you know, you can hear, you're a little close, so you can hear them say amen, you can hear them laughing, and it's just a beautiful time of fellowship, and you figure, okay, no big deal, it's not an action-packed moment, but when you understand the history, and when you have eyes to see, the very fact that, number one, the very fact that they're not, you know, passed out in the alley, that's a big deal. The very fact that they're no longer passed out in the alley, that's a big deal. But then to walk by the, the drug pusher, to walk by the liquor store, that's another big deal. See, they're victorious in Christ. And so if you're listening for the first time, don't see these moments as small things. Don't see your life as a small thing. Don't see you're right here and you're right now. Don't see that as a small thing because it's a big deal. Especially, I mean, it's a big deal in any situation. But if you're not a believer and you just happen to be listening right here, right now for such a time as this, it's not a small thing. It's a big deal. Because the Lord, the creator of all things, the Almighty, He wants me to tell you that He loves you. And He wants a relationship with you. Not religion. 
relationship. One-on-one love relationship. And that can be achieved right here, right now. That can be achieved. I call it divine appointment. You're not listening because, you know, it just so happens that you're listening. It's by mere coincidence. I don't believe in coincidence. And if you're listening, you're not a believer and you want to commit your life to Jesus Christ, you hit pause and you listen to the message, how to commit your life to Christ. And you commit your life to Christ right here, right now. And maybe, maybe the bench can be you and me one day in the spirit. Absolutely. But maybe even in the flesh, I would love for that to happen. We could be sipping on our coffee, sipping on our tea, having a beautiful time of fellowship. You see, and you come to Christ, you listen to the message, how to commit your life to Christ. You commit your life to Christ. You come back and you listen as my brother, as my sister. You see, it's not a small thing. It's a big deal. And there's inheritance for you. But remember, not of the flesh, the inheritance it's of the spirit. Now we we're, we're we're in the Old Testament in Joshua nineteen. Now this isn't an, an Old Testament example of inheritance according to the flesh, but remember the things of the Old Old Testament, as Paul says, are written for our example. There is an inheritance for you and me according to spirit, and that's called paradise. That's called the promised land according to the spirit, which is paradise. You see. And these are things that, you know, if, if you're listening for the first time and you just committed your life to Jesus Christ, you know, praise be to the Lord. I rejoice with the angels. But at the same time, understand that now you have to grow in Christ and then you can go listen. Everything is archived and it's for you so that you can grow and mature in Christ. And you listen to the message how to how to grow in Christ. And all these resources are made available for you. The archive, the studies for you. Go to thewayunderground.com. And all those resources, they're for you. You see? So that you can grow and mature in Christ. And we can walk on our way to paradise together. Growing and maturing in Christ together. You see? It's no small thing. It's a big deal. And so we are here in verse 10, Joshua 19, verse 10. The third lot came out for the children of Zebulun, according to their families. And the border of their inheritance was as far as Sarid. A little side note, if you're listening for the first time, the reason why there's these pauses is because my throat is like, pray for my throat, but I have to sip this, you know, hot tea. It's like a hot cider right now, but I have to sip it because it's like for my throat. So if you hear these pauses where it's like, you know, like, you know, like in verse 10, you know, the border of the inheritance was as far as Sarid. And it's like, there's a long pause because I'm sipping my hot tea. Well, it's cider now, but pray for my throat. In, in, in verse 11, their border went toward the west and to Marala, went to Dabasheth and extended along the brook that is east of Bokneam. In verse 12, then from Sarid, it went eastward toward the sunrise along the border of Hisloth Tabor and went out toward Dabarath, bypassing Japhia. In verse 13, 
And from there, it passed along the east of Gath Hefer toward Eth Kazin and extended to Ramon, which borders on Nea. Verse 14. Then the border went around it on the north side of Hanathon, and it ended in the valley of Ejefta El. Included were Katath, Nahalal, Shimron, Idala, and Bethlehem. Beautiful Bethlehem. Twelve cities with their villages. This was the inheritance of the children of Zebulun. According to their families, these cities with their villages. Verse 17, the fourth lot. Remember, the, everything's it's by lot, the casting lots. You know, God is no respecter of persons. There's no favoritism. It's not like, wow, you know, this is, you know, beautiful land over here. So, you know, I like you. So now this is for you. No, no favoritism. God is no respecter of persons. You see? And so it's, you know, by casting lots. In verse 17, the fourth lot came out to Issachar. For the children of Issachar, according to their families, and their tor- their territory went to Jezreel and included Chesuloth, uh, uh, Shunem, Hafraim, Shion, Anarath, Rabith, Kishon, Kishion, Abez, Remeth, and Ganim, and Hada, and Beth Pazez. Verse 22. And the border reached to Tabor, Shahizima, and Beth Shemesh, their border ended at the Jordan. Sixteen cities with their villages. Now, you 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 hear the. I, mean, I teach from America. Just you know, I, I teach from America. Just so you know, the, the, these these messages they go around the world. But you know, as, as it is right now, I, I teach in America. That could change tomorrow, but I teach from America now. In America, we have cities like, you know, Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, Miami, Seattle, Dallas. Now, you, you go and travel the world and there's a culture shock. You might be in cities where it's like you can barely pronounce it. There's a culture shock when you travel the world. You know, new experiences, new language and peoples and customs and foods and all kinds of things. I mean, when we look at these, the, the, I mean, like in, in, in verse 22, I mean, you consider like, you know, I teach from America, and if, if, you, if you're listening and you happen to be in America, you, you figure like New York, okay? New York is New York, and we all know New York. I mean, you, you could be not in the United States, and you still know New York. But, you know, you see New York versus Shahazima. I mean, verse 22, Shahazima. It's like, wow, there, you know, like, it, it, there's that culture shock, like, you know, like, I mean, who's heard of Shahazima? You know, everybody's heard of New York, but who's heard of Shahazima? You know, now spiritually speaking, there's also a quasi-culture shock in the newness of Christ. But it's a good shock. It's a good shock. You know, spiritually speaking, it's, it's so beautiful to have this culture shock in the newness of Christ because you could take any past, any, any past, sex, drugs, alcohol, rock and roll, the whole nine yards. You could take any past. I don't care about your past. You could be, you know, sex head, prostitute, alcoholic, you know, on drugs, you know, even, you know, selling drugs. You could be anything, you know, gangster. You, I don't care about your past. But you come to Christ and you believe in Jesus Christ. You know, prostitutes who believe in Jesus Christ. Crackheads who believe in Jesus Christ. You know, gangsters who believe in Jesus Christ. The cholos who believe in Jesus Christ. 
It's like, okay, you know, come one, come all. You believe in Jesus Christ? Now, together, we read and we learn and we study the word of God. You see? And it's you and me together. You know, just as we see, like in our study in the New Testament, the peculiar people, how you hear us say, you know, like, uh, you know, they, like Christians are a weird group of people. And I don't mean weird in a bad way. I mean weird in a good way. Because you're going to see white people, black people, and every color in between. You're going to see chubby. You're going to see skinny. You're going to see old. You're going to see young. You're going to see male, female. You're going to see all kinds of nationalities. Now, there's that peculiarity of those carnal differences, differences according to the flesh. But what's also included in that is differences of where we came from, our experiences in the world. Because on top of those peculiarities, you're also going to have peculiarity in where the Lord rescued us from. You're going to have, you know, former Catholics. You're going to have former alcoholics. You're going to have former Jehovah's Witness, former Mormons. You're going to have former crackheads, former prostitutes, former gangsters, former cholos. You're going to have former everything, former this, former that. And it's beautiful. But there's the culture shock of being in the newness of Christ, whatever the past is or whatever the past was, there's going to be that culture shock. But at the same time, when we together learn, read and learn and understand the newness of life and understand holiness, walking in Christ, and we walk in that truth, abiding in Christ, and we walk in that newness. There is going to be that culture shock, but it's a good culture shock. Because we can rejoice even more in knowing that, yes, indeed, as the word says, we are new creations in Christ. Just like the, just like the guy and the gal, best of friends, and they're laughing and having a beautiful, beautiful time of fellowship, sipping on their coffee. And in that moment of fellowship, you know, the lady says to the guy, do you realize I just walked by the crack dealer? And they rejoice together. And the guy says, you know what, do you realize we just walked right by the, the, out the liquor store? And they rejoice together. You see, there's that, there's that culture shock, but it's a good shock. And realizing, oh my goodness, the hand of the Lord, Lord, you are so good in what you have done in me and what you have done in your people and what you have done in my brothers, what you have done in my sisters. And yes, we're a weird bunch of people. We got the chubbies, we got the skinnies, we got the, the rich, the poor, we got the young, the old, we have every color. And yet we're one in Christ. New creations in Christ. You see how beautiful this is? And so we continue in verse 23. This was the inheritance of the tribe of Issachar according to their families, the cities, and their villages. Verse 24. The fifth lot came out for the tribe of the children of Asher according to their families. And their territory was Helkath, Hali, Beten, uh, Achsaf, uh, Alamelech, Ahmad, and Mishal. It reached to Mount Carmel westward along the brook 
Shihor Labnath. It turned toward the sunrise to Beth Dagon and it reached to Zebulun, Zebulun and to the valley of Jephthah El. Then northward beyond Beth Emek and Neiel, bypassing Kabul, which was on the left. Now, this is very interesting, you know, because like, you know, in, in, in these passages about the inheritance, you see like, you know, directionally speaking, you see north, south. But you see this rarity in verse 27, you know, on the left, you know, bypassing Kabul, which was on the left. Now, with this inheritance in the book of Joshua, this is the only time we see this directional language that is somewhat loose, somewhat loose, and it's with Asher. Now, if there are any listeners who have experience in navigation, now, in order to speak this, I'll say loosely, but in order to speak this loosely in saying, you know, on the left and Anybody who has experience with navigation, this can this can only be done when everybody is oriented exactly the same way. I mean, especially like in a military context, because if everybody is oriented on the exact same map, I mean, like in a in a battle example, a battlefield example, you have the command element, you have support elements. You have frontlined elements. And when everybody is oriented precisely on the same map, you know, the, because the map that the commanders have is, you know, the, the, the front, front, front echelon, they have a map, but they better be oriented exactly the same way. That's why, like, you know, operators, you know, front echelon, you know, not just, you know, rear echelon too. Everybody, they shoot their azimuth and everybody is oriented exactly the same way. And that's the only time, you know, if, if the, the, the front echelon, if, if the front echelon fighters, if they say, you know, left, then the command element or, you know, the support element, they know exactly what left means because they're all they're all oriented exactly the same way. You know, the, the, the command element knows that this unit is oriented, you know, in a certain position, you know, support element. They're oriented in a certain they they have to know. Because if if the front echelon is calling for fire support and they say left and they're not oriented the same way accidents can happen death can happen everybody has to be exactly the same way on the same sheet of music on the same page the same mind unity i love that we see this you know, it seems somewhat loose to, to, to verse 27, you know, bypassing Kabul, which is on the left. It's like, wow, you know, you don't hear that in other passages. And you see this here in Asher. You see a certain aspect of looseness where when everybody is on the same sheet of music, this what seems to be loose, it's not really loose at all because everybody's of the same mind. Everybody's oriented exactly the same way. But if everybody isn't on the same sheet of music and you know everybody isn't oriented exactly the same way then problems will happen 
you see? And this is what, when we continue in our studies, you're going to see this orientation. It shifts. It shifts with with people, with families, with tribes. It changes. But you'll also see when the majority, when they shift their orientation and they're no longer aligned with the word of God. And if they're not aligned with the word of God, they're not aligned with the will of God. You know, remember that, you know, Old Testament, New Testament, and even today, if there's no alignment with the word of God, there's no alignment with the will of God. You see? And you see this in the Old Testament, you see it in the New Testament, and you see it today. Because, I mean, if, 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 if we say, you know, you know, we're Christians, we bear one another's burdens, and if we're all oriented the exact same way, we know that, yes, absolutely, we bear one another's burdens, it's safe. You know, you have a problem with this, I'm going to help you. I have a problem with that, you're going to help me. And we bear one another's burdens. But if you listen to our studies in the pastoral epistles, and not just the pastoral epistles, but, you know, even our studies in the, you know, how, you know, growing in Christ, you listen to those studies, you see that, yes, Christians were to bear one another's burdens, which is very, very beautiful. But if that happens with leaven, which is unaddressed, now that becomes problematic because it's very, very dangerous to do. I mean, somebody who's, you know, a crackhead for, you know, 10 years becomes a Christian and is still a crackhead for 20 years. It's very dangerous to bear those burdens. You see, I mean, if somebody's a crackhead for 10 years, comes to Christ and, you know, you know, uh, puts down the crack, you know, it's like, okay, praise the Lord. It's, it's safe to bear that guy's burdens. It's safe to bear that lady's burdens because this stronghold of crack it's no longer an issue for her so another brother another sister can bear those burdens but if she's a crack if the guy's a crackhead and stays a crackhead and you know that the the shepherds fail to shepherd and there's leaven in the camp and when there's leaven in the camp not everybody is oriented the same and when nobody's oriented the same or everybody is there, the, 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 the orientation isn't exact according to the word of God. Now it becomes dangerous to bear those burdens, you see. And so it's it's very powerful when you look at this verse 27, you know, by passing to bull, which is on the left. It's like, OK, that's a, a little loose, little loose language. But it's not really that loose when you understand, okay, orientation is beautiful. You see? But just like if, you, if you're on the frontline echelon and you're calling for, you know, your frontline, you know, a, a, a fighter and you call for artillery support and, you know, the, 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 the gun unit, they're oriented different from, you know, your orientation and, you know, they're off target, you know, the, 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 the impact zone, the rounds hit. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, you know, you know, uh, left 20, 20 meters, you know, left 20 meters. Well, what did you say, you know, left uh, 30 meters? If that gun unit isn't oriented to you and you say, you know, left 30 meters on the radio and all of a sudden the rounds come and, you know, they might hit you. 
You see, if, if, if the orientation is different, so the orientation has to be precise. And I love that. I love when we see like little, little, uh, passages like this. And it seems like a little thing where it's a, it's, it's not really, it's, it's not really like a, a major issue when everybody is oriented the same. Everybody has the same mind. Everybody has the same heart, which is obedience unto the Lord. But if there's deviation from that, all of a sudden, we can't say this is no big deal anymore because now it's a big deal. Now it's dangerous to bear these burdens. Now it's dangerous to, you know, to bear the burdens of this guy who was a former crackhead and still a crackhead for 10 years unaddressed by the so-called shepherd. You see? Or the sex head. I mean, you can't, somebody's a sex head comes to Christ and all of a sudden, you know, just as Jesus says, you know, go and sin no more. Praise be to the Lord. You see, and in the power of the Holy Spirit, now the crack, the sex, the alcohol, the whole nine yards. Now that's in the history books. That's over and done with walking in the newness of Christ. There's the culture shock. Yes, but walking in the newness of Christ nonetheless. And it's beautiful. But what happens when a guy doesn't put down the crack pipe? Doesn't put away the bottle. Doesn't put away the sex. Year one, year two, year three, year four. And the leaven starts to spread in the camp. Now it's dangerous to bear those burdens. Because the orientation has deviated from the word of God. And when there's deviation from the word of God, there's deviation from the will of God. You see? I mean, to be quite honest, it's it's pretty simple. And I don't mean simple like, you know, like... In, like, you know, like we should have known. I mean, simple, like we just follow the Bible. It's simple for you. I mean, Jesus says, you know, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He doesn't say, you know, come to Christ, but, you know, believe in me and then, you know, go, go enroll in university and get your doctorate in, 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 in theology. He doesn't say that. Look at, look at Peter. Peter, I mean, he was a fisherman. But back in the day, fishermen, that was like a low society, so to speak. Now, in Christ, there's no rich, poor, slave, free, Jew, Gentile. That's in Christ. But in accordance to the world, that was like, you know, low-end blue-collar. And so this, you know, low-end low blue-collar, uneducated, so to speak, he's speaking to the educated the religious establishment, those who have, you know, the degrees and the master's degrees and the doctorates in theology, those who knew the law, and he was confounding them. The fishermen, no formal education. He was confounding the religious leaders, the ones who did have the, the academic clout. And they marveled. How, how, how does this fisherman, how is he able to school us academically? Uh, they were they they marveled they were confounded and the bible says and then they realized that he was he walked with christ you see he walked with christ and don't be discouraged if you know you're a brand new believer you're a young believer in christ don't be discouraged like wow i don't know my bible and i don't know don't grow in christ 
We can learn the Bible, and we do learn the Bible, but it's you and me that yields to the Word of God. It's not the other way around, where we try to make the Word of God fit our will. No, that can't be done. It can be done, but that's satanic. That's what Satan does. We don't do that. You see? You and me, we're the ones that yield to, to, to the word of God and the will of God. Remember the five I wills of Satan when he says, you know, I will ascend. And what does the Lord say? You will descend. You see, it's you and me. We're the ones that yield to the word of God. And we have the helper, capital H, the Holy Spirit. He helps us. Yield to the word of God. And praise be to the Lord how he works. But we need eyes to see and ears to understand. You see, this seemingly uneventful Joshua 19, it's loaded. It's a big deal. But we need to have eyes to see and ears to understand. And so we see here in verse 28, including... Ebron, Rehob, Hamon, and Cana, as far as, as far as greater Sidon. And the border turned to Ramah and to the fortified city of Tyre. Then the border turned to Hosah and ended at the sea by the region of Aksib. Also, Uma, Afek, and Rehob were included, 22 cities with their villages. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Asher, according to their families, these cities with their villages. The sixth lot came out to the children of Naphtali, for the children of Naphtali, according to their families. And the, and the border began at Helev and closing the territory from the terebinth tree in Zananim, Adami, Nekeb, and Jabneel, as far as Lakum. It ended at the Jordan. From Helef, the border extended westward to Asnoth Tabor and went out from there toward Hukok. It adjoined Zebulun on the south side and Asher on the west side and ended at Judah by the Jordan toward the sunrise. And the fortified cities are Zidim, Zer, Hamath, Rakath, Hinareth, Adama, Rama, Hazor, Kadesh, Edrei, and Hazor, Iron, Migdal El, Horem, Beth Anath, and Beth Shemesh, 19 cities with their villages. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Naphtali, according to their families, the cities, and their villages. <clears throat> Verse 40. The seventh lot came out for the tribe of the children of Dan, according to their families. And the territory of the inheritance was Zorah, Eshtaol, Ir Shemesh, Sha'alabin, Aijalon, Jethla, Elon, Timna, Ekron, El Teke, Gibethon, Belath, Jehud, Bene, Barak, Gath Rimon, Mejarkon, and Rakon with the region near Joppa. And the border of the children of Dan went beyond these, because the children of Dan went up to fight against Leshem and took it. And they struck it with the edge of the sword, took possession of it, and dwelt in it. They called Leshem Dan, after the name of Dan their father. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Dan, according to their families, these cities with their villages." 
in verse 49, <clears throat> when they had made an end of dividing the land as an inheritance according to their borders, the children of Israel gave an inheritance among them to Joshua, the son of Nun. According to the word of the Lord, they gave him the city which he asked for, Timnath Serah. Now, this is so beautiful because, you know, Timnath Serah, this translates in, he- in Hebrew as portion of the sun. Portion of the sun. This is inheritance to Joshua given by Israel according to the word of the Lord. Now, there are prophetic implications which we'll table for another day. But there are prophetic implications here. And it's so powerful because we're going to see these things when we get into our last day studies in the book of uh, Revelation. And we're going to see these major implications, old interpreting new, new interpreting old. And it's so powerful when we see this portion of the sun and we understand that Joshua as a type of Christ, Caleb as a type of spirit, remember force, Caleb as a type of spirit. Second generation of Israel as a type of church entering the promised land. You see, all these things written of old as a shadow of things to come. By faith, we understand these things. But there's going to be a time when faith won't be needed anymore. You know why? Because we'll see Jesus Christ face to face in our glorified bodies. We'll see him face to face. You see? And so this Timnath Serah in verse 50 in the mountains of Ephraim. And he built the city and dwelt in it. In closing, verse 51. These were the inheritances which Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel divided as an inheritance by Lot in Shiloh before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So they made an end of dividing the country. This is no small thing. No small thing. Just like the guy and the gal, best of friends, sitting on the bench and they're having the most beautiful, beautiful moments of fellowship. But it's no small thing because walking in the newness of Christ, there's something else that you see. There's something else that we see, which is victory. You see, understand that here in Joshua 19, we're in the land of milk and honey. We no longer have to accept this. Now, when we teach, we teach us like we're actually here. I mean, like when we're in like, you know, in Genesis and the Lord is speaking to Abraham, it's like, boom, we're there. And it's like, you know, by faith, we have to accept that the promised land is a future event. And here we are in Joshua 19. Boom, we're in the promised land. Fulfillment of God's promises to Abraham. But partially fulfilled. I say partially fulfilled because by faith in Christ, you and me, we are also heirs of Abraham. Now, I'm not Jewish. I'm not Jewish. But we are heirs of Abraham and it's by faith. You see, you say, wait a second, you're not Jewish and you're not an heir of Abraham. Hold the phone there. Don't forget. Joseph had a Gentile wife. And his sons 
received the blessing of Jacob before the other sons of Jacob. You see? An Old Testament example of a future event. You see? These are... By faith, we we see these things. We understand these things. But it's by faith. You see? With eyes to see and ears to understand. And here in Joshua 19, we're straight up in the land of milk and honey, promised by God. And we see fulfillment. And as a shadow of things to come. I mean, you know, like... People are so enthralled with eschatology and the study of last days, which I love, which it's not a bad thing at all. But it's going to be in the history books. It will be in the history books. I mean, when we're in our glorified bodies, the millennial reign of Christ, and say we're like right at the end of the millennial reign of Christ, we're in our glorified bodies. The things written... Those will be over and done with. The Antichrist, the Armageddon, that's like over and done with. You see? That, that's... When we reach that point in our glorified bodies, that's like straight up New Jerusalem. You see? That, like, that's like, you know, the next... The next... I don't want to say step, but I don't know what else to say. But that's like the next event to happen that's like the next new jerusalem there is an order of events we serve a god of order and so as we have this in this war footing of the last days understand that there is an inheritance according to faith received by faith and when we understand these beautiful beautiful things holy things holy matters it will help us endure the times you see victory in christ and jesus christ is the chief cornerstone when he's your cornerstone our cornerstone there is no other foundation more firm and true And it's in him, Jesus Christ, that we abide. And don't forget, Jesus Christ says, abide in me. No period. He says, abide in me and I in you. And abiding in him, we endure. You see? To the beautiful, beautiful people of the way, a remnant of these last days, God bless you. I love you.